Welcome, everybody, to the Full Count, the IBN MLB show. I'm your host, IBS Jesus. Along with me is my co-host, Brian Malone. Um, did, I, did I mute him? Or he muted himself? Anyway, he's oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So the issue, the issue that we have for this first episode is that it's actually not our first episode. We recorded this episode <laughs> last week and I didn't actually hit record. So we, we got the, the pilot show out the way. We are back. It's 2021. Baseball is back as much as we can say it's back. There are fans in, in the stadium from here and there. Um, and then there's also Western people Texas and then they're everywhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, COVID doesn't exist in Texas and Florida, but everywhere else we, you know, we're, we're at some, some level of capacity. Um, and then also we have, you know, a little bit of controversy in the most baseball kind of way. And so, I mean, you know, it's good to see the season start, you know, I'm just glad that the nationals were able to bump their thing up to 25%. And they got nailed out 10,000 fans in now so I can get to go to a game. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm going to make my way up there, too, so I can troll somebody. I got to <laughs> figure out who I'm yelling at. Jason, Jason Worth isn't there anymore. And I used to spend every single game yelling worthless every single time. And there was one time where I went and I was yelling at Jason Worth and uh, Span was in center field. And he said something back. And I said, dude, shut up. <laughs> I was like, nobody even knows your name. I was like, how'd you get here? I was like, would you play the Twins? Nobody watches baseball. Man. I was just going in on them. Man. <laughs> I was, I was worth, worth actually um, enjoyed my presence. Like I would, I would come to games and he would always be like, oh, you again? He kept telling me to go sit in left field, not right field. I was like, dude, I come here for you. <laughs> nah, he, like, I mean, had, I've, seen, I've seen interviews and stuff with him. He seems like somebody who would enjoy that kind of shit. Like, oh yeah, like, man. I was just like, we had some, we had some like, good banner. But you just look at him like he does, like he had the long hair, the beard, like you know what I yeah. mean. You tell he's just not like an uptight. You know, what I mean? he's gonna be enjoy something like that and be ready to be ready to go back and forth with somebody. I um I um there was one game I showed him a picture that I took when I was in. He was on the Phillies and my my homeboy is a Phillies fan. And um, we had went to a game, and I was heckling him from right field, obviously, in Philadelphia. And I was like, dude, I'm committed. I was like, I followed you all the way to D.C. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. He was awesome, though, man. Yeah, he uh, he took my phone and um, took a picture or whatever and, and tossed it back. Like, he was a real cool dude, man. And, again, always in good fun. I mean, but, um, I you know, it's, the funniest it's, story, the funniest thing I've ever heard about him was when he got pulled over around here. Because I live up here in Northern Virginia. He got pulled over. Mm-hmm. On, on the beltway doing like 150 or something like that in his porch and when they pulled him over they asked him why were you going that fast and he and literally his response was because the car could <laughs> that sounds like him man he was like hey because you know i just want to see if it could like like it says it can go 150 so i was gonna see if it would go 150 and like honestly baseball needs more characters like that for real you know and and that's part of part of the lack of appeal um to some people um is that you know baseball just doesn't seem to want to embrace personalities but i i do truly believe that these young players are are finally getting through i saw um i saw ozuna take a selfie at the hit home run he pimped it out took his time getting down to first base took a selfie selfie went around the bases and he didn't get hit and nobody got hit in retaliation. So <laughs> I consider that progress. Okay. Cause I mean, uh, I mean yeah, like the, the, the game, the, the game needs to be fun. Like you look at, you look at basketball, you look at football, like the game needs to be fun. Like they need yeah, to have fun. Yeah. They need to let the players have fun. Like that's the you know, kids aren't going to watch the game. If the players aren't having fun, kids aren't going to want to emulate those players. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, that's just what it comes down to. They see football players dancing, scoring touchdowns. Like, they see basketball players, you know, Chef, Steph Curry shimmying down the court after he hits a three. Like, they see all that stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, I want to be Steph Curry. I want to do that. But if, if baseball is not going to let their players have fun, like, it's going to be hard to connect with kids. Yeah, and I, and I think they're – I mean, more or less, it's getting phased out, you know. Like, if there's retaliation, it's just retaliation because guys are just going to be mad, which is, which is fine. I mean, you know, we get that sometimes in basketball. You know, somebody – 
hip check you unnecessarily. The new, uh, or, or, or you end up like the, the newest Yankees player and you punch some, you've done the greatest punches in in game <laughs> sports history. That's still yeah. the greatest punch in a game. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen somebody get hit square or better like in a game than that punch. And I still say that the the true wonder in that moment was that Batista Batista didn't go down. Like yeah. he he should have went down, man. Like that was a solid punch. And if anybody's trying to figure out what we're talking about, uh, Rudin and Odor of the uh, Texas Rangers at that time, just flat out. But it was a whole lot. nine months later. Yeah. Bautista hit the walk-off home run to end their season the year before, and they thought he flexed up a home run. And then the next game they played, it was like nine months later. They hit him. <laughs> and, and and to Odor's to Odor's defense, he had nothing to do with that. And all, I was like, obviously, he's not the one calling for him to get hit. But um, Batista took offense to getting hit, and he slid in kind of hard uh, into second. And Odor was like, yo, what's, what's good? You all right? And Batista, you know, <laughs> got up on that, on some rah-rah stuff, like, yeah, what's up? And I guess he wasn't really ready, or he, he thought, you know, in sports, we get a lot of guys pushing. I guess he thought this was going to be a pushing match. Well, I mean, but uh, he didn't know that Odor. Batista's a big dude. Odor is not, like, Odor's a stocky dude, but he's like 5'8". Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like 6'2", 6'3". Like, he probably thought he wasn't going to swing on him. Yeah. And Odor hit him with the meanest right hand I've seen in a, in a live game. That's what I mean, in a live game. Like, I've never seen a better punch in a live game. Ever. Not only not only did he not go down, but his shades almost stayed on. I mean, it was really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, after that, the best part of that was, like, Systematically, every Blue Jay player got punched in the face by Odor. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I'm, that's what I mean. It's, I've never seen anything like that. It was awesome. But um, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into the show, man. Um, again, we'll we'll try not to have so much side banter, but it's, again, it's just good to have baseball back. Um, mm-hmm. so the format's a little different this year. The show is called Full Count. Therefore, we will have uh five topics, two strikes, and three balls, and then we'll end with a segment. Sometimes it'll be um, you know, a strikeout, a home run, et cetera. Just, just whatever topics that we can come up with to kind of build some interest. So we're not always going to start out with strikes, but today we're starting off with strike one, MLB and this instant replay or lack thereof of instant replay. And I will start this segment because I am personally affected by this bullshit. All right. So it was a couple games ago, and it was a play at the plate uh, in the Atlanta Braves game, and my man didn't touch the plate. Like, literally did not touch mm-hmm. the plate. Now, you, sent, MLB, you, sent me, you sent me the yeah, picture. I sent you the picture. <laughs> MLB is adamant that what we see on TV as replay is what they see in New York. So it's not like NFL where they got all these different angles and things like that. Like, they're literally looking at the same replay that we're looking at. So when you tell me that, and I look at the replay, and I see that he does not touch the plate. He literally slid his foot around home plate. Like, I'm watching this. You're watching what I'm watching. Why do you come back and say safe? Why today I'm watching the Marlins and Braves game? Why when Dansby Swanson clearly does not tag this man on the back, does not touch him? does not touch him why are you calling him safe and it just it brings me to this conspiracy theory that all this is is just another ruse to appease people but mlb is still going to stick to the old guard that the umps are always right no matter what and i'm sick of this shit it's we're only two weeks into the season man I we can't have this as fans and we can't have it as a sport that we get into the playoffs we get into the postseason and right, and they got calls like stuff going canceled. on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I and I think honestly, like I, I'll give you the best. The, baseball needs to just adopt something like the VAR system. Like from watching the Champions League games today, like to talk about a little little soccer, like that the VAR they have for offsides, where the refs make the calls, but if it's something close, it goes to this computer where they have all these different camera angles and it's already analyzed whatever it is and it's real quick and it just says yes or no and it's really simple and it's really easy and there's no real argument to it 
and I, and I don't know. I just think it's something that baseball needs to adopt. Like it's 2021. They have the ability. Make it happen. I, I, I agree with you. I'm tired of it too. Like it's just something that's. It's, yeah, and and you know they they did a semi okay job last year of of expediting the process, but I mean now we're back to six minute waits with pitchers warming up in between and people stretching, and then you come back and just keep the call like it was. Like this, it's a waste of our time. It's to me, it's a slap in my and face. That's why, that, that's why that I, said be, I think it needs to be something like the VAR where they're calling offsides on in, in some of these soccer games, like where they've got a system set up where it's real quick. Like the ref makes a call. Yes or no, boom, boom, it goes to the computer, which has already analyzed all these different camera angles and knows what the answer is already. Nobody has to look at a video. You know what I mean? It doesn't go to an operator where he can make a yes or no call. It goes to literally through just a computer that says yes or no. It's analyzed all the, the data that you give it, and they'll get the correct calls. If we're, if we're going to have that work, we need to get the boomers out the way. I can't have 70-year-old people trying to work VAR. You know, I mean, <laughs> the majority of our umps are old the, and, and God bless the new young umps. They come in, they come in with a lot of energy and stuff and they get reamed out by the players and punked. And so they end up just honestly embarrassing themselves by ejecting people too early and, and, and things like that. So I, well, I did notice that last year there, there there's a transitional period where, where they're trying to get these younger umpires involved more. But I don't know who's in New York. I don't know who's watching this stuff. I, I jokingly told you in text that it's probably Angel Hernandez because I've never seen this level level of stubbornness in my life. Like these calls are so obvious in and, and every every game I've seen on TV, every game I listen to on the radio. Everybody has the same complaint. Like, look, we don't care. And, and if anybody from baseball is listening, if we're fortunate enough to have that. We don't care if you get the call right or wrong. We just want you to make the call. If you're going to go to replay, then I'm going to hold you accountable and in, in thinking that you're 100% going to get this call right. You know, and if, if you're watching the same replay I'm watching, I have not seen a replay yet get overturned that that was a legitimate wrong call. They won't do it. They just won't do it. And it's frustrating because, like, you, you even, I even remember, like, years ago, the, the, the pitcher Galarraga from the Tigers that had the perfect game. Oh, my God, it yeah. Got blown on the, it got blown on the missed call at first base in the last out of the game. Yeah. And and it's just, like, things, little things like that. It's just, like, so frustrating for, for fans and for players. Yeah. Because it's like, look, we, we see you made a mistake, and you see you made a mistake, and you're still denying that you made a mistake. Like, it's right it's, there. It's the boomer way, man. It's the boomer way. I'm out to start an anti-boomer movement in baseball, man. <laughs> the oldest oldest people I want to see in baseball is Albert Pujols and, and Nelson <laughs> Those are the two oldest people I want to see from here on out. Umps and players, managers, all included. The two oldest people I, I, I want to see in baseball right there. Uh, going into our next segment, strike two. The lack of fundamentals in baseball. And I'm going to get on my high horse and I'm going to say that I don't give a damn what you do in the offseason. I don't care how long you had to wait. There are simple things in the game of baseball that we learn from the first time you put on the glove until you get all the way up to the major leagues. You've done this so many times. It's muscle memory. It's literally a part of you. The first thing. Bunting a goddamn baseball. It's not that hard. It is not that hard. Now, it is hard if they're throwing 100 miles an hour and things like that. But I'm seeing guys pop up bunts on curveballs, man. Like, what yeah. is going on? How do you not get it? Get the ball down. Pitchers, well, you don't and, even and, do BP, really. That's all you do is bunt. How can you thing, not get it done? My thing is, like... You have the hand-eye coordination to hit a baseball when you swing it normally. You should have the yeah. hand-eye coordination to bunt the ball. Like, you have the hand-eye coordination to throw the ball into a mitt, into a small little window. You can throw pitches that break six, seven inches. You can't pick up a 90-mile-per-hour fastball to lay down a bunt. And then even worse, 
when guys, some of the guys do bunt, they do it wrong. Like they're they're holding the bat wrong. Like it, it's just well, weird. Yeah, and, and I honestly just think pitchers don't care. They just don't care, which is the most frustrating part because like I, I feel like the pitchers, the pitchers should know what's coming more so than anybody else. Like they should know the they they know the counts. Like they know what they would throw. You know what I mean? They know they should know what's coming, and they just strike out and they swing and they flail at pitches like. And they miss bunts, and it's just one of the most frustrating things to watch. The other day in um, an interleague game, what game was I watching? Uh, it was the um, Diamondbacks and Athletics. And, yes, I was only watching because I bet on it. I don't actually actively watch those types of games. But, anyway, <laughs> Diamondbacks are playing the Athletics. Uh, Bassett is pitching. He hurt himself, literally hurt himself on the second swing of, the, of his at-bat. Like, he, like – like tweak something in his side or whatever. And then for the rest of the time that he was batting that game, he just put the bat on his shoulders. He didn't swing. So right. I don't even I don't have a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? Obviously your role as a pitcher is way more important than your role as a hitter. But can we please go back to revisit the idea of universal DH, man? Like it really makes no fucking sense to have pitchers. Yeah, yeah, People literally sit around and complain about it twenty four seven that there's not enough uh, entertainment in baseball. They want more runs or they want more excitement. Why are pitchers batting still? Like, why won't people let that go? And and every time, like, uh, the pitcher from the, the Pirates, the young boy from the Pirates the other day, I, I, I don't remember his name off top, but he's he's the youngest pitcher, upstart guy. Um, he he batted in three RBIs. And and I think, you know, that's fantastic. I've seen, we've seen Madison Bumgarner take people yard. Um, obviously, Otani is a, is a different breed. But we've seen uh, Zach Greinke uh, last year. He was on that taking people yard. Uh, we've seen Kershaw uh, take people yard. yard. Strasburg takes people yeah, yard. Yeah, Strasburg also. is taking people yard. Like you know, we we've seen that. But it's just the, not the, the the goat the goat hitter Carlos Zambrano. <laughs> yeah, Carlos Zambrano. Yeah. You really want to see a picture that can hit? Go look some. Go look. Go YouTube Carlos Zambrano. We've even seen we've even seen uh, Bartolo Colon get a hit. All right. So again. We, we get it. There is some entertainment value in it, but I mean, pitchers are not hitting at a clip um, enough that we need to. to really and also, like you said, like you said, Bassett pulled something in his side, and then he didn't swing the bat again. And, and like you said, you get it. His value is more as a pitch as a pitcher than a hitter. And at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. Like, you don't really want your pitchers out there running bases and swinging the bat, possibly getting hurt. Yeah, it's it's just not worth it. And think about pitchers. Pitchers get paid like quarterbacks, man. Like a lot of these pitchers get paid a lot of freaking money. Like Gary Cole. Gary Cole's got what, like a three hundred million dollar contract. We don't want him getting hurt running the bases or 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 you know swinging the bat in an interleague game, especially for the American League players. Like it just makes no sense. Like these dudes are gonna swing the bat six times out of the year. Like it's just stupid. And and I just don't understand why people wanna wanna champion that. Like it's a like it's good for baseball. It's not good for baseball. No. And I and I think that's probably going to be a running theme for me this year, man. Is that there's a lot of I love baseball and don't get me wrong. Um, I know it's not for everybody, but the complaints that I hear from people who don't watch baseball and the solutions that I hear from people who do want uh, do watch baseball do not align. Right. And that that disconnect is what ultimately will uh make baseball continuously lose value. In the public eye, <clears throat> I've long said that I think baseball is a, is a more of a regional sport uh, where, you know, people in certain markets are always going to watch their teams. It's not something that's going to appeal to people nationally. Like you don't necessarily have uh, many brands that are Celtics, Lakers type. You know, we can always get Yankees and Red Sox on uh, like people will always watch those teams. But if the Blue Jays played the Braves right now not, and you put that on a yeah. seven o'clock game, not many people are going to watch that. And I and I get that. And. A lot of times when people say baseball sucks, that's what they base their their opinion on. The the fucking Cardinals playing the, the um, Brewers, like those are the games that they put on TV, and that's the games that people see. And it's is one zero, and they're like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I agree, and that's what I mean. Like, it's it's one of those things where I, I totally agree it's regional. I mean, I've worked I've worked at a sports bar for a long time, and like there were better games on. Nobody gave a shit. They wanted to be yeah. Orioles or Nationals. Yep. Like they didn't care. Like so part of a frustrating thing is somebody who really likes the sport and wants to watch good baseball 
that I got to sit there and, like you said, watch a Nationals, you know, Pirates game on a Tuesday night when there's a better game on that I could be watching. Yeah, and, and we talked about that, too, in the episode that we didn't record, unfortunately, is that, you know, when you enter into a sport um, that you're trying to give a chance, you, you want to try to watch the, the most competitive or the highest level of skill in that respective sport. So, you know, each week, I think it probably would be good for us to kind of highlight teams that you could watch or players you can watch. I'm a Braves fan. I watch the Braves religiously. Um, they are pretty decent team to watch. They, they they have some flaws, but most of their games are generally exciting. Right now, Ronald Acuna is one of the most exciting players in baseball. Not the most, but one of the most exciting players in baseball. So if you wanted to follow a player or follow a team, that's probably a team that you should give a look at, you know? Um, the same goes, obviously, with uh, Mike Trout and, and, and Otani with the Angels. You know, people are going to watch the Yankees because they know the Yankees is a brand. But the Yankees are one of the worst teams in baseball to watch right now as far as um, the visual appeal of the team. It's atrocious. They don't hit with runners in scoring position. They're not hitting anything, really. Uh, Aaron Judge had a couple home runs today, but, I mean, it's few and far in between. They're not pitching that well. Uh, their bullpen is exciting, but you don't see them until about the seventh or eighth inning. So no, it's just because the starting pitching is terrible. Yeah. So so yeah, if you if you watch Look, you should the watch Yankees, Yankees once every five games right now. Yeah, that's true. You can watch Gary Cole if you like pitching. Cole's gonna put on a show. Yeah, but I was gonna say if you could you imagine watching a Yankees and Red Sox game right now? That's the game that, you know that they love to hype up. It would look horrible. At, as these teams are playing right now, obviously they're going to hopefully get better as the season goes on. Cause it's still early, but if that's the marketing marketed game right now, you're going to lose a lot of people. Hell I genuinely, I genuinely complain about Yankees red Sox games and I'm a fan. <laughs> it's not really that appealing unless you're an actual fan of the team. So, um, baseball, I mean, it's not like it was, you know, baseball is also different. Like the sports are different. You know what I mean? It's not like it was before. Like, those those Lakers, Celtics, Yankees, Red Sox matchups that are brands, they're not necessarily the best games. I mean, like you can watch yeah. better games, you can get better games on TV. Before, in that you know, twenty, thirty years ago, those were the only games you could watch. Yeah, and and so baseball's got a lot of work to do to um, appeal to the masses. And I know I went, we went left a little, or I went left a little, because I mean, the fundamentals are the fundamentals. They just need to get that down. But yeah, there's just certain things about how the business is conducted that will frustrate me as the year goes on. And, and I'll be open and honest about that when it comes up. Breaking news alert in the top of the eighth right now. Uh, I'm going to jack his name up. Rodon, 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 Rodon. <laughs> um, the Chicago White Sox have a perfect game going against the Cleveland Indians. And if anybody's wondering why that's so significant, <clears throat> I can count on one hand how many perfect games I've seen in my lifetime. So um, perfect game means obviously no walks, no hits. Um, what's his name? Uh, the, the young man from from the uh, the Padres uh, lost his perfect game because he, he hit a batter, which which sucks. <laughs> but he still got the no hitter. But, Did you um, see his interview afterwards? Because he's actually from San Diego. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard about him being from San Diego. I didn't see the interview though. Yeah, it was it was a good like it was it was pretty cool. Like when you watch it, like he's just like he's like yeah, like a lot of you know he because a lot of times like a lot of guys like that hometown thing kind of they, they especially when they're young, you know what I mean? Guys mm-hmm. guys just kind of don't work as hard as they necessarily would if they were somewhere where they didn't know everybody. Mm-hmm. But he was like, yeah, it's just he's like this is something like I put this jersey on for for a thing of pride, you know what I mean? I'm from San Diego, and it was it was a cool interview to watch. All right, so he got through, he got through the eighth, so he is officially three outs away from a perfect game. If you want to see some like tension and some guys looking really nervous, like a perfect game in the ninth inning is as close to um, playoff baseball field that you'll possibly get with how guys are locked in. Like everybody's nervous; they don't want to make they don't want to make the mistake. And then as the opposing team, you want to be the guy that, that breaks it up. You know, if, if you can get that one little small victory, um, we have seen in the past, very rare, but we have seen in the past where somebody will lay down a bunt just to kind of mess with it. I don't still don't think that's the right thing to do. 
and it'll probably result in a fight. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, just, I mean so that's one of the things that's that's maybe it's a little that's one of those unwritten rules that that is going to stick around for a while because it's just not it's it's a dick move when you really look at yeah, it. Like, it no, it's just, for sure. For sure. All right, so getting over to the ball one, talking about your Yankees. The Yankees will woes ball one. What do the Yankees do good as a fan? You tell me right now. I mean, the the only good part of the team is the bullpen. It's been the only good thing about the team is the starters have been bad, but that Boone's at least pulling them early enough where they don't give up a ton, a ton of runs. And the bullpen's been able to keep us, I guess, in games. But they're not hitting, so it doesn't matter. But the bullpen's been about the only thing. What do you do with this lineup? Like, what could you possibly do with the lineup to, to make people hit? I've seen I've seen him move Giancarlo from fifth to second, which I think is just stupid. Um, there were some um, people out that game. I've seen him move um, uh, Glaber. I've seen him move Sanchez. My man, Frazier. Why do y'all hate Clint Frazier so much? He's terrible in the field. <laughs> well, yeah, he is. But so is um, so is your boy. Uh, why am I forgetting his name? He's the oldest Yankee left. But um, Gardner. Uh, Gardner, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's he's essentially Gardner with more pop in his bat. Trust me, I like Clint, I like Clint Frazier. Like I think we should play him more, but not good in the field at all. But even still, like he's got pop. And I think he's a decent hitter. I mean, it's a career. I mean, he's gotten enough at bats at this point to where he's like a career 275, 280 hitter. Like, he's not a bad hitter at all. Didn't Clint come in disrespecting? Um, didn't he come in disrespecting Derek Jeter or something like that? Like he said he wanted Jeter's Mickey number. Man. They shouldn't shouldn't retire his number. Mickey that was Mickey Mantle. Man. All right, there you go. All right, Mickey Mantle. Oh, that's even worse. Good God. But I remember he said that's why he wears 77 because they wouldn't retire seven. Yeah, he, he wanted seven, but they wouldn't unretire seven, so that's why he wears seventy-seven. Yeah, I, I remember he came in saying something ridiculous, and that's part of the reason why I think I think it rubbed the the organization the wrong way. If the boss was alive, he would have been gone, hands down. Uh, but you know, Hank was running the show then, I think. But either way, yeah, I mean it's a different. It's a, that's the other thing people don't really realize. The Yankees are a much different organization now than they were 15, 20 years ago. Oh, for sure. When I saw when I saw Cashman actually talking about um, like ways to save money. Oh, he no. loves his he likes his job a lot more now. I can tell you that. Yeah, I bet <laughs> he really does. He likes his job a lot more because he actually gets to do stuff. Like, was, it's not just oh let me go let me go sign the top three free agents every year. We'll just roll with that trade away prospects for players like now he can actually trade for prospects and make moves and i think he's actually done a better job in the last decade than he did in his first 15 20 10 years on the job how many rings he got in his last decade uh, yeah he's got that's one that's all the yankees care none. about man he's got, none. <laughs> he's got none in the last decade yeah that's all they care about so he he gotta tighten up man um and i, and I will say this too i, I think that the uh Jose Fernandez's uh, death really kind of messed up y'all's timetable because he was such a targeted, uh, like Yankee pitcher, like or like the Yankees were set on making and, and him like, like. He would have been on those teams that lost to the Astros in the in the in the playoffs just two years in a row. Where yeah, we ended up having to start CC Sabathia in a game seven yeah, <laughs> against and, the Astros, like and you know what? Nothing better. That that Astro thing, man. Again, there's no way you're looking but for so you're a change. Like, I, I get spot. it. I, I get all that, but like you're telling me, our pitching staff, like Severino's injuries have, have, were a huge part of that too. Luis yeah. Severino never pitching again was not in the plans. Pineda uh, and his pine tar. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, like we've we've <clears throat> they've gone. They've had some real issues with pitchers, like. They've just had guys who were supposed to be something good, and and like Severino, maybe they played well for a year or two. Then he's blown his elbow out three times, mm-hmm. and pitched in. He's pitched what maybe like five starts in the last three years, yeah, something like that. Like it just hasn't been good. He's on the sixty day DL right now. He's probably not going to pitch this year. So I mean, Paxton was a failed experiment. Paxton was awful. 
So what's they, the timeline? What's the timeline that we should expect to turn around from the Yankees? I mean, I don't think they're going to be this bad all year. Like the bats are too good, especially when you, when you like guys like they're they, like I said, they just have too many guys who have proven that they're too good to be this bad for this long, hitting wise. Like they're going to find their streaks, and I, I mean, I have a feeling they probably rip off like six to six out of eight at some point here soon. Okay. Um, you didn't but give I, me I think exact like championship date. wise, like actual championship <laughs> wise, yeah, they need to make moves. Like the pitching staff's not good enough. Like I like Jordan Montgomery as like a third, fourth starter, maybe a fourth starter, but we need to pick up uh, Corey Kluber as a two right now at thirty-five, and he wasn't good last year. It's not like Corey Kluber was Corey Kluber last year. Nah, he's 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 lost his touch. He he reminds me a lot of Adam Wainwright. Like right. you, you can't and, trust him. Yeah, and I, and so that's our number two right now. Like it's yeah. not good. Like I said, I do like Jordan Montgomery. I think Jordan Montgomery's a good pitcher, a good pitcher. I don't think he's good enough to be your number two guarantee. Like that's a guy I trust with the ball in the playoffs. But I, I think he's a good rotational pitcher. So ball two. MLB is struggling with COVID and the vaccine distribution. Should fans be concerned? Case in point, we have about four guys from the Astros missing tonight. Three are names that everybody knows. Um, Altuve, Bergman, and um, Alvarez. You know, like, they're three. Like, that's the the meat of their order. The only person missing was Carrera and uh, Brantley. So, should baseball be worried? <laughs> should fans uh, be worried? I, I'm... I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I, I, I think when they made it state by state and it wasn't baseball wide, and they said that they, that the states get to decide and and everything like that, that it just became kind of like in certain states, fans and players need to be worried. In other states, they don't. Other places that I, you know, they're like in Texas and Florida. Yeah, I'd probably be a little worried about it if if I couldn't get a vaccine or you know what I mean. There's forty thousand people in the stadium. But if you're going to, like, up until now, recently, the Nationals were at, like, 5% capacity, which is, like, 1,000 people. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if baseball should be worried, per se, like, right now because it's early. But, um, you know, right before we came on... Um, Ronnie posted in the group about how Jason Tatum caught COVID and before he caught COVID, he never needed an inhaler. And that. now every time before he plays a game, he needs an inhaler. Like it's, it's the little things. This is the unknown. And it's not me being a conspiracy theorist or, or, you know, everybody's got their opinion on COVID and, and what, what it is and this and that and, and how is not, it won't kill you, yada, yada, yada. But the true fear in all of it, at least from what I've seen, um, isn't that you'll die per se, is that you'll have long-term effects. I, I have a personal story with my aunt. Um, last summer, she caught COVID. Uh, and, and you know, when she texts me, she doesn't understand autocorrect. She says she had Kobe. And I was like, what? And so, like, <laughs> I called her. And she, she had COVID. She was in the hospital. And, um, you know, she did the quarantine. Obviously, there was no vaccines and things like that back then. So she basically wrote it out, and, and, you know, that was around June, July. Fast forward, December of 2020, even now, she still has issues breathing, you know? I had another aunt, perfectly healthy, caught COVID. Now she has issues with blood clots, you know? Like, nobody knows exactly how it affects you, and... Up until now, we had we we'd seen where like people would quarantine, but it didn't affect them as athletes to that level. But you gotta think a guy who's probably as fit and as healthy as Jason Tatum, who now has to take a, a inhaler before he plays games, that's probably gonna really resonate throughout the sports world. Um, pr- probably in the next 24, 48 hours. I mean, you know, it was one of those things they just dropped in the headline. Uh, during like peak hours when everybody's either playing or, or eating dinner, so nobody really noticed per se. But you let that cycle on ESPN a couple times or or get 
trending on Twitter, we've already seen how NFL players are taking matters into their own hands and, and boycotting. Uh, you know, um, I think it was like the uh, early practice, like the OT. The yeah, there's like six or seven like teams that, that aren't doing yeah. the OTAs this year. They're yeah. voluntary workouts. So. Yeah, it, because of concerns, you know. Well, um, and, and I was going to say, too, like, I guess maybe baseball shouldn't necessarily be too worried because the Nationals were the team with the biggest outbreak and they had no fans. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, mean, I think it's, yeah. it's more so one of the things where the players are catching it other places outside of the ballpark, too. And it's yeah, all about and, what they're doing outside and – that's kind of hard for teams, and and that's on the players at the end of the day. Yeah, and and I'm sure because last year it almost came to a head uh, when the Marlins got in trouble uh, and was pretty much getting everybody on. I think the Marlins had only played like five or six games, and everybody else was in like their twenties, right? Because because right. of their outbreak. So, um, well, and that's why this year the Nationals they said, look, you're playing without half your team. I mean, yeah. like half your team's just gonna have to sit out games. Like you're playing, if you got enough players to field a team, you're playing. Yeah, and 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 to their credit, they have been doing pretty well with, uh, with their reserves. So I mean, look, they started uh, one in five, but that was a competitive one in five. Yeah, for sure. Like for they sure. In those games, they weren't getting blown out in any of those games. I watched a few of them. Like they yeah. weren't getting blown out in any of those games. Yeah, and they played. They started with the Dodgers, you know, like uh, or they started with the Braves and then went to the Dodgers. Like it wasn't like. It was an easy run. No, um, yeah. But, yeah, I I think MLB is going to have to, uh, within the next couple of weeks, probably look into sending out another memo and, and, and revising some things. Um, Bolstering, should MLB be worried about the mileage on their young stars like Fernando Tatis? We talked about this on the unrecorded show, but it's something that is near, to, near and dear to me as I um, take my son out to the playground all the time around the corner and there's a ball field there and I, and I see these young kids out there playing and I mean you got kids trying to throw curveballs and stuff like that at like nine and ten and I just cringe because I'm like there's so much data and evidence showing people like overhand throws are not um, a healthy motion for a long term at some point your arm's gonna wear out you know right um what I what I personally believe in in the Tatis injury is that it's it's um, part fatigue. You know, if you got to think guys with this kind of pedigree have probably never done anything but baseball over and over and over. Well, we talked about this last time. Guys are going to play like even Tatis. He's going to play in like you know Puerto Rico and or Mexico yeah. or Venezuela in the, in the winter leagues. Like yeah. He's playing in games, not even just working out. He's playing in games in the off season. A lot of yeah. baseball fans don't realize that guys go and do this every offseason. They go and go and play literal in, in an entire – they call them their winter leagues. They play like a 40-50 yeah. game schedule over, you know what I mean, a couple months of January, February. And it's just – it's something that I think teams need to kind of start cracking down on, especially with some of the bigger stars. Yeah, and, and I think um, – I think Jordan had that infamous um, clause, or somebody, maybe it's Durant. It, there's this infamous clause in basketball where you could, where the player basically can play basketball anytime, anywhere, like no matter who is against. So I think that's why you, we've seen guys like Durant and Kobe hit up Rutgers and things like that. Like it's in their contract that they're allowed to play, essentially pick up games. You know, like they, like it's. I forgot what they call it. I have to look it up and have it on the show for next time. But I do kind of recall somebody talking about like some famous players uh, at the at the top of the ladder having that kind of clause. Um, baseball should definitely look into it, and it's more so for their uh, international players because a lot of them go back to their countries and and you know their stars there, and they want to entertain, and they don't get well, to play in front of a lot of the guys. A lot of the guys that are playing in these winter leagues are guys they came up with. Yeah, didn't make it to yeah the I was going to say. Leagues. You know what I mean? They're guys that are friends of theirs that didn't make it to the majors that are like, hey, let me go play with my boys. Like, I, yeah. I've played with these dudes since I was 15. Like, this will be fun. Yeah. So um, it, it did worry me, though. And I, and I did see him taking BP the other day. Uh, I was watching the Pirates game, and, and he was taking BP um, on one of the cams. And he, he looks fine, but, it, again – 
one, he's going to need surgery on that shoulder at some point. It's not something that's going to fix itself, especially after no, sitting no, out for like yeah. two weeks. Yeah. And then, two, it's like, you know, you have to worry about that because, again, Tatis isn't the young, only young player that's come up like that. I mean, you got I mean, the BGOs, I, you got the Vlad Juniors, you know, like these guys have been playing a lot of baseball. I, I do think the winter baseball thing's a thing, but I, I think I, it goes back to the same thing as basketball. Like, if, if you're telling me the guys need to take games off, then the season's too long. Like mm-hmm. that's just is what you you know what I mean. If, if that's what if if we're talking about load management at this point, then the season's too long. I I agree. Um, and I I think honestly the main people who fight against the season um short being shortened are pitchers because I guess they you know they only get a start every value. five days. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that hurts their value if you're not getting thirty plus starts. Like yeah. And you're not going to be able to pitch 200 innings, and you're not going to be able to reach those milestones. Yeah. But so, at the same, like I just, like I said, I think if if this is what you're saying, and you're saying, hey, guys need to take games off, then the game we're playing too many games, or we're playing yes. too many back-to-back games, or whatever it may be. But the scheduling is is a big part of that because I think you, you as a league and as a as teams, you should want your best players out there every game. You should do whatever you can to do that. Yeah, and that's something that baseball is going to have to look into um, to, to I mean, revise. Even just, even just look at the NBA tonight. Look at the the, the, the Sixers-Nets game where everybody was excited to see what was happening. Ben Simmons was talking all that trash. And then KD's out. Aldridge is out. Harden's still out. Like You're like, oh, okay, this game doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. Breaking news. Our guy from the White Sox lost his, no, uh, his perfect uh, game. Two outs left in the ninth, he hit a pitcher. I mean, hit a batter. So he still has the no hitter. It's a one-two count. He could still get that, but he can no longer get the perfect game. Um, what's the last perfect game you saw? To I think it was Holiday for me. Uh, that that random dude from the Mariners. That's the one I remember the most. Just the dude who made like nine career starts. Hmm. You remember what I talking look, about like this no. 2007, maybe 2008. Every time like I think of a Mariners pitcher, I think of a um of a random like Japanese pitcher because they always have some some random <laughs> yeah, Asian yeah. pitcher. No, it was just dude. He he made like he was like a top draft pick and he flamed out somewhere and and he and then he got picked up by Seattle and they had a bunch of injuries and they threw him in there for like literally he made like nine career starts and one of them was a perfect game. I'm Googling it now, and I bet you I'm, I'm going to no, uh, notice the game. Felix Fernandez was perfect in the, in 2012. I feel like it, I want to say it was like. Um, no, I was a white dude. Oh, white I can't dude. remember his name. And I'm pretty sure it, it might have been a no-hitter, but I'm pretty sure it threw a perfect game. I have to look it up. Perfect games are one of those things where I don't know if it's if it's that appealing to to fans because like they want to see, um, or casual fans because they want to see runs, but like just the the consistency and and just the drama of having to literally keep keep a team from touching the bag is is um it's intense to me, but um you know. Everybody's got their own thing. Uh, it is unfortunate that the hit by a pitch uh, will probably derail him. It's a full count right now, um, and um, he's battling. The batter's battling, so I'm just trying to see if maybe he'll do that before we get off air. Um, we okay, got about- it was the guy from the White Sox. He played for the Mariners, I think it was. But the, the the guy from, he played for the White Sox. Humber. Okay. Uh, remember the Philip Philip Humber was the guy's name. Okay. And yeah, he was 16 and 23 with a 5.3 ERA in his career. Like he was just a normal, not a very good pitcher at all, and just had it going one day. That's ridiculous. Who did he throw it against? Uh, let me pull that back up. Watch it be somebody that that you could probably be like, yeah, they couldn't hit. <laughs> so it was like 2010, I think it was. Uh-huh. Uh, 2012. April 21st, 2012, versus the Mariners. Okay, that's why I remember oh. Seattle. It was against Seattle. The no-hitter is intact. It is, uh, is intact. That's our second no-hitter 
of the year. And typically when we when we see no hitters, they usually do come this early because it takes a while for the bats to warm up. Um, but either way, we've got five minutes left. We're going to close with a segment I call balk or check swing. So I'm going to read you some phrases or some, some just random things in the current baseball world. And you're going to tell me whether you think that's a balk or a check swing. If it's a balk, you don't agree with it. If it's a check swing, or if you do agree with it, it's a check swing, okay? All right, here we go. Sounds good. The Washington Nationals are a team to watch out for in the National League as a whole. Not just the NLEs, but as, as in the National League as a whole. Balk or check swing? I mean, I, mean, I, I have to uh, balk at that. To, I mean, balk is agree, right? Balk is disagree. Okay, so I'm going to take a check swing. I have okay. to agree with that statement because we just haven't seen them fully healthy yet. And I don't okay. think you can judge a team when you haven't seen the whole team. All right. Now take your bias out of this one. The Boston Red Sox will finish ahead of the New York Yankees. Mm, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to balk at that only because I think the Yankees make a move for a pitcher. And I think if they do that, they can solidify the pitching staff. Like I said earlier, the the, the bats will not be this quiet for the entire year. They you know, surprisingly, surprisingly, the Red Sox uh, bullpen has been pretty decent too. And JD Martinez is hitting again, like JD Martinez. Like they're yeah. not like I and I and I knew that was coming. Like I knew he wouldn't be that bad this year as he was last year. Like you, like I said, like we talked about in the first unrecorded podcast. Like sixty games is not a huge sample size. It's not really something you can be like last year doesn't really mean anything, especially for guys who didn't play well last year. It just doesn't really mean much. Because I've seen guys all the time, like being from D.C. and and watching Nationals game, Bryce Harper would do this. Bryce Harper would have the greatest 60 game stretch you've ever seen. And then it'd be awful for the next 100 games. Yeah, I was a big proponent of J.D. getting paid when he came to Boston anyway. So I'm happy to see him come around. And, uh, yeah, he's I mean, one of the ones. He that one kind of. I still kind of like JD Martinez. Like he's one of the like he, I've always liked JD Martinez, and that one kind of pissed me off when he went to Boston. And if you think about it, it's funny because we were talking about this before the show. We're very critical of the Marlins because of all the talent that they wasted. If you think about it, at one point Yelich, John Carlo mm-hmm. were on the same team. They both wind up even Ozuna as well. Like Ozuna, like you have. You had a team You had a team that literally had Two JT Realmuto Yes Now That Tigers team Had Nick Castellanos And um, JD Martinez Martinez With Miguel Cabrera Who wasn't all that old at the time No And and not to mention I don't think JD and Castellano were there uh, When they had those pitchers But They've also had a run where they had Scherzer, Price, and um, Verlander, Verlander on the same team. Yeah. So yeah. You gotta, they, there's some, been some wasteful, wasteful teams in Major League Baseball uh, when you think about the talent. But I, I just said it because Castellano is probably one of the hottest hitters. Um, he cooled off a little bit this week. But leading up to this week, he's one of the hottest hitters in the National League. Um, and then J.D. obviously is one of the hottest hitters in the American League, and it's just funny that you see these guys' career paths and what they've done since they've left the Tigers has been nothing but phenomenal, and you got to think that at some point the Tigers could have kept them together and maybe sacrificed something else, but who knows? I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, it's teams trying to be cheap and, and you know, move money. Like, you look at even a team like like the Nationals. Like, they were like, hey, we didn't have money for Bryce Harper. You know, we don't have money for Rendon. But then they go out and we pay Strasburg $300 million, Yeah. $250 million. And it's like, no, you, you, you have money. You just don't want to spend it. You don't And I, I'm, I'm not a billionaire. Dude. I'm not telling people how to spend their money. I'm just yeah. saying, don't sit here and tell me you don't have money. Yeah. Like, that's not – we're not going to sit here and play this game of, oh, I'm broke. I don't have money. Like, no, you, you have money. And it's fine <laughs> if you don't want to spend it. <laughs> but just don't lie to me. Yeah. All right. So last two. Um, balk or check swing, the San Diego Padres will miss the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to balk at that only because I don't want to see that happen. Like, I think they're too fun of a team. They're, they're a team that's, that can attract the casual fan. 
with just and I know Tatis like is is hurt right now. We just talked about that as well, but I still think they have some young players and they're a fresh team that that you know what I mean a lot of people aren't used to seeing that can draw some more casual fans to the game and that's always good. So all right. Last one, balk or check swing. Matter of fact, just go ahead and say check swing. Ronald Lacuna is just the <laughs> Venezuelan Willie Mays. No, I told you. I told you earlier what I'm calling him. He's 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 the he's the the new the Alfonso Soriano 2.0. Oh my god! All right, you guys. <laughs> thank you guys for listening to the show. This will be our last show this year. <laughs> Man, look, the guy's walking on water right now. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it while I can because I, I know he he's definitely had some some moments where he he can't hit a thing, um, but. I, I do like what I see from him. Um, no, I, I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm messing with you. I, I think he's a, he's definitely one of the top young players in the game. And like, I've seen him hit some rockets. Yeah. Like, just some absolute rockets where, like, I think I saw one the other day. It came off the bat at, like, 119. Yeah. Or something like that. I mean, he's just crushing some balls. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely definitely somebody that if you're looking for younger players to follow, that's somebody that's something you can keep up with. So getting into next week's episode, we're going to obviously talk more and more about the teams that are trending up, teams that are trending down. I like to do that to keep people current. Um, Obviously, any other drama that we get in baseball, and I put drama in air quotes because it's really usually nothing. um, We'll talk about that as well. And then I think, don't you play some DFS? No, I I haven't really been in DFS much this year. All right. Well, I... I'm looking to get back into a little bit of baseball DFS on the side. Um, I'll probably um, navigate people over to our show with Keith. I don't know if he does DFS um, with baseball, but we'll probably start discussing that as well. And I'm pretty sure Corey does it. So um, if anything, we can get him on the show for 10 minutes to talk about who he likes uh, coming into weeks. Uh, But either way, thank you Malone for um, hopping back on the show. Uh, We, it's been a while, man. It's been what, like two years, but yeah, because we skipped last year. So there was no <laughs> yeah. point, like I said, last. Yeah, like we've talked about multiple times now. Last year really didn't mean anything, and and this is just a whole new season. So like that sixty game COVID season, the Dodgers. That's the real Astros championship. Yo, People are talking about the Lakers right? and all these other teams. Astros championship. That's the Astros championship. One hundred percent. When I got Clayton Kershaw pitching well in postseason baseball, it's definitely an asterisk. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm happy that he got his ring, and he's more than welcome to to show that thing off and, and hug it and squeeze it tight. But let's let's you know, in my eyes, when I revisit history, I'm gonna keep it a buck and say, all right, y'all y'all lucky, y'all right. lucky. In, in 25 years, when he shows it off, when he's 55 years, 60 years old, nobody will really remember. Yeah, but today we remember. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. Uh, this All has right, been man. the full count. I'm your host, Abby Jesus, and we'll catch you guys next week.